Good morning. All right. I'm going to have to say that again. Good morning. Oh, that was a little better. I mean, when it's 70 degrees in November, y'all better be saying good morning really well. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, they, they say that uh, in speaking, you shouldn't talk about what's obvious, okay? If you live here in Marquette, this is not the normal obvious, okay? This is like the, the most incredible little stretch here. And a couple of weeks ago, we had eight inches of snow. I, I, it, was, it was so scary. I thought, it's here to stay. That's it. We're done. We're not, my driveway is going to be a mess all winter long. That's, that's really the kicker. It's not the snow. It's the driveway. Let's just be honest, okay? And uh, so it's great to be here today. We're in a series uh, called Thanks Living. And I, I want to, um, I want, before I get into my message, I just want to encourage you, um, on our website, <clears throat> you can find it at the top of the homepage, there's a, a little yellow strip there that says 30 Days of Thanks Living, or you can go to silvercreekchurch.org slash thanks and find it. But it is a 30-day calendar to, to use to pray through the month of November. <clears throat> and you say, well, I'm not much of a prayer. You know what? You can thank God. Every single one of us can thank God. And that's all it is. There's a couple of uh, accompanying scriptures. It says, today's scriptures, you click on that. It takes you to <clears throat> uh, those scriptures. And I think that you'll really find that encouraging. I know that it is for me. And uh, this month, we are talking about living a life of gratitude. Now, <clears throat> let me ask you a question. Did you know that you can rewire your brain? Did you know that? You can rewire your brain. Now, some of you, right now, your interest is peaked because you're married. And you're like, Pastor Kevin, tell me more of this rewiring of the brain of which I know not about because I would like to learn that technique so that I might be able to rewire my spouse's brain so that they think the way I think they should think. That's not really what we're talking about today. <clears throat> but if you'd like to set up some marriage counseling, please just reach out and, um, and let me know. Zig Ziglar said, that gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. And the more we express gratitude for what we have, the more likely you will be to have even more to express gratitude for. The Apostle Paul says this, and I want you to really look at this in Colossians chapter 3, <clears throat> starting at verse 15. He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul is challenging you and I here to give thanks, to be thankful, and to have a heart of gratitude. 
And we want to accomplish that throughout the entire month. But I'll be honest with you that this year, 2020, it is easy to do something other than be grateful. It is easy to complain. How many are with me? Anybody? No? Some? Yeah? All right. Thank you. Thank you, Brill. You're with me. Uh, it, it, you can complain. Take your pick. Take your pick. I mean, let's just, we could start complaining about the virus. And, and don't we do that? I mean, we're, when we go to the grocery store, we're like, oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's the worst, you know, it's the worst year. I mean, it, we actually enjoy complaining. Do you realize that? I think as, as people that live in the UP, I think we enjoy complaining a little more than the average person in our country. I really do. I mean, let's, if you lived in Phoenix, Arizona, and it was 100 and sunny every day, how much do you have to complain about? Not that much, okay? But here in the UP, we, we love, why do we talk about the, we love to complain about the weather. You can complain about the virus. You can complain about, about other things that are happening. You can complain about the election, and right now, 50% of the people in the country are not happy with the election, we can complain about, and we do complain about everything, but you can rewire your brain to have gratitude. I'm even going to give you some statistical and scientific information, but if we're going to rewire our brain, if we are going to live a life of gratitude, if we're going to grow our gratitude, there are three characteristics that we really need to demonstrate in our gratitude in order to begin to rewire our brains. And the first one is this, that our gratitude needs to be perpetual. That means that if we're going to grow our gratitude, it's got to be continuous. It can't be just once in a while. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, the writer of Hebrews says this, through Jesus... Therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. In the Old Testament, <clears throat> when they would come to the temple, there were times where they gave what was called a thanks offering or a thanksgiving offering. They would offer some form of an animal sacrifice or some sort of a grain sacrifice and there, the, their sacrifice would be burned on the altar. And they would offer that sacrifice and it would get consumed by the fire and then it would be gone. And that was a very, a very temporary thing. But the gratitude in their hearts and the words that they would say in the midst of their worship could go on and last longer. And the reason is because God's blessing on your life and on my life never stops. It is always happening. I woke up this morning. I don't, I, it was probably five o'clock or so and could not go back to sleep. How, do you guys, does that happen to you? Sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, you can't go back to sleep. Automatically, you're thinking about the most wonderful things in life, aren't you? You're thinking of how great, how great your kids are. You're thinking about how you always have enough finances for whatever comes your way. You're thinking about how just 
fantastic your job is. You're thinking about all the positive circumstances in your life, aren't you? Do you know why you're laughing at me? Because we do exactly the opposite. We think about all the, the, the bad circumstances in our life. But even when you wake up in the middle of the night and all you can think about is how bad things are, I want you to know that God's blessings on your life are not stopping. They are happening every moment of every day. They never stop. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. <clears throat> I want to read uh, verse 8. It says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. God is able to bless you far more than enough. So that in all things, at all times, so in all things, at all times, we have all that you need. You will abound in every good work. So God's blessing, it's, it's at all times, it's, it's in all things, and therefore our thanksgiving needs to be in the midst of all things and at all times. Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 7, he tells us that we should be overflowing with thankfulness. We literally should effervesce with thanksgiving. Now, think about the last time you were at the grocery store, how many people were effervescing, and about what? I'll tell you what they were talking about. They were talking about the election. They were talking about the virus. They were talking about all sorts of stuff, and unless it was the 70-degree day that it was yesterday, they probably weren't very positive about it. Why? We love to complain. We love to do that, but we can rewire ourselves. You say, why is perpetual thanksgiving so important? Does it really have the ability to make that big of an impact in your life? I found an article by Brown and Wong dated June 6, 2017, and here's what they said. In this article, they said that there have been many studies over the past decades about uh, the idea of gratitude and that, that most, if not all of them, have something in common. They have found that those who count their blessings that make it a habit of being grateful, those people are happier and less depressed than other people. Now, that's a, that's a pretty big statement. That is just, I mean, that's what the overwhelming evidence is. But they also went on to, to, to cite a study of 300 college-age adults. And these 300 college-age adults had all sought some form of counseling for their anxiety or their depression. And what they did in this study is they divided these 300 college-age adults up into three groups. Group number one, and all three groups received counseling that they came for. But group number one, they were encouraged. They were given uh, basically a homework assignment that once a week, they should write a letter of gratitude to someone in their life, and they would do that for three weeks. The second group, they were encouraged once a week to write about the, the negative experiences that were going on right then in their life. And they would do that for three weeks. The third group was given no writing assignment whatsoever. And as you look at the results, 
and they dig into those results, what they found is that gratitude, because they compare these groups together, gratitude improves your mental health because it shifts your attention away from the toxic things that these people had even been seeking counseling for. So it, 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 it really made a very significant difference. And then they encouraged the, the ones who did the writing. When they found that when you are writing about the blessings in your life, that you it's, it's much more difficult for you to focus on the negative experiences that you have. Those that wrote those letters found very uh, a positive increase in, in certain uh, things, really wonderful things in their life. They, they, they see between the weeks of four and, and 12 weeks that, that there is some really positive uptick in their life, which tells you something. One is that you got to stick at it for a little while. You gotta, you gotta, it takes a little bit to develop this habit of being grateful. But once you hit that four-week mark and out through 12, there was a significant positive increase in their optimism, in their, their, their sense of motivation, um, just their overall general mood. In fact, they, they, they conducted on each of these a functional MRI, which uh, really checks... Um, the, 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 the blood flow throughout the body to see what the body is really doing. And those who wrote the letters of gratitude, they found a definite improvement and an increase in the brain activity of those people. That they were actually, there was a functional difference in the way that they were thinking. Because gratitude changes the brain and it improves the health. Studies uh, that they found, they cited some other studies, that changes will continue even after three months. And that perpetual gratitude changes us over time. Paul calls it the renewing of your mind. He said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So science is just confirming what God's word has already told us. And we have learned that perpetual gratitude can actually rewire our brains. Now, secondly, if we want to grow in gratitude, our gratitude needs to be comprehensive. In other words, it needs to be all-inclusive. We, we like to kind of restrict our gratitude to the positive things. But if we're going to grow in gratitude, it needs to be literally about every circumstance in our life. Look at Psalm chapter 100, <clears throat> verse number 4. The psalmist says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. The psalmist is encouraging worshipers to have attitudes of thanks. And it talks about gates. It talks about courts. That, those are words that make sense in the Old Testament concept of worship in the temple. But the Bible says that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, we are ready and able to worship God at any time and under any circumstance. So we don't have to go to the temple. You don't have to be in church just to 
worship God just to be grateful to God for the blessings that you have had. And that sense of worship, that encouragement to come with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts, it extends in our lives 24-7 all the time. Well, we can have this, this attitude this sense of of thanksgiving in our lives in all circumstances. And maybe you say, you know, I just just don't feel like being grateful. I don't feel like, like really expressing an attitude of thanksgiving. Why do you think it's so hard for us to do that? Because I I think sometimes, and for some people in some circumstances, it can be very difficult to have an attitude of thanksgiving. Why do you think that is? Well, I'm going to share three things with you here that I, I think uh, it's, it's hard for us because, number one, we have a limited perspective. We just can't see the full picture from where we are. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. Look at that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, which includes anxiety. Anxiety is one of the hardest frames of mind to, to, to actually go from anxiety to thanksgiving because anxiety just rattles through your brain. It just, it throbs like, like your heartbeat, you know? It just, it just pounds in your brain. It's really hard, but, but what does Paul say? He said that in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, even in anxiety. That's incredible. But we have this, this limited perspective. Even in our anxiety, when we just can't, we just can't see the full picture and all we see is right in front of us, God says, you need to be thankful. Secondly, we have limited comprehension. We just don't understand what God is up to. I know that I don't understand what he's up to all the time. I don't know about you, but I don't understand it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18 The apostle Paul says this, he said, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, to give thanks in all circumstances. That, we can surmise then that when we complain, we are not in God's will. Try that, try that husbands on your wife when she complains, honey, you're just not in God's will. No, don't do that. That would not be, that wouldn't go over very well. But we're not, we we literally, we step out of God's will because his will for us is to give thanks in every circumstance that we're in. Even when we don't understand. And we often do not understand. And number three, we have limited vision. We just don't see that things are going to be able to turn out good. Look at what Paul says in Romans 8.28. What a great verse. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. We don't always understand God's plans. We don't understand his ways. We don't understand his thoughts. They are higher than our ways. They are higher than our thoughts. We don't understand. 
But I want you to know that even though we can't see a connection between God's purposes and our benefit, in every single thing, whether positive or negative, God is at work in our lives. God's blessing, remember I said this earlier, that that the sun does not go down on God's blessing in your life. You are experiencing God's blessing, whether you acknowledge it or not, all day, every day of your life. But we really struggle. We struggle because we can't, we we have limited vision. And that leads me to my final thought, which is number three. If we're going to, if we're going to grow our gratitude, our gratitude needs to be reflective. This is important. Our gratitude has to be able to look back and see, uh, look back in our lives and see how God has, uh, how he's blessed us, how he's done things for our benefit. And, and we've got to be able to see it in the negative and the positive. We, we like to look back on the positive. We do. And it, it's really great. You know, man, let's, we, remember when this happened and we love to li- relive those memories, but when it comes to the, the negative stuff, the, the stuff that we, we look at as bad, we don't feel the same way. We don't, we don't look at those things the same way. But if we're going to be reflective, we've got to look back and acknowledge God's blessing on our lives, that God is the source of every, everything good that's ever happened to us. God is the, it's not our own ingenuity, it's not our intelligence, it's not our hard work. Literally, everything that's happened to us, that's good. The Bible says that, that every good and perfect gift that we have has come down from heaven from the Father of lights, that our Heavenly Father has blessed us. Arthur, uh, William Arthur Ward said this, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. I want you to know that God's blessing is on your life, that he has blessed you with many good things. We need to look back. We need to review. We need to deliberate on the things that have happened in our lives. And don't limit your deliberation to just those things that you see as positive because God is at work in everything, positive and negative. You might look at it as being negative, but God used it to produce a very positive result in your life. Therefore, you need to be thankful. That does, that's really hard for us to compute because we, we see it as a negative. How could it ever be a positive? But God sees it all. We need to identify God as the source of all our blessings. You say, but man, what about the things that I see as, as bad? If, 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 if God has this, this uh, plan and, and something bad happens to me, How can God ultimately be in that? I I want you to think about a man named Joseph. He was sold into slavery for being his dad's favorite. He was sold by his brothers. Now I've got two brothers. And from time to time, we have a little discussion about who's the favorite. And I, you know, it doesn't bother me who's the favorite. I'm the oldest. Isn't that the most important thing, really? You know. <laughs> but imagine being sold into slavery because you were your dad's favorite. 
And then once he was bought and he was in servitude, he had great success in that, in that role, but then his master's wife falsely accused him of coming on to her sexually. And his master believed his wife, and so Joseph wound up in prison. Through a series of, of events, Joseph was able to interpret Pharaoh's dream, and so he rose up in Pharaoh's court, and, and God really used him. But as he got later in life, he was able to look back, Genesis 50, verse 20 says, and he said, that which you have meant for evil, God meant for good. Joseph was being reflective. He was thanking God for what then seemed terrible and awful, but now he was able to connect the dots. And one day, you and I are gonna be able to connect the dots when we look back. And we will be able to see how God used things that were very difficult and how God used those things. You say, why would I look back on those things like that? And I'll tell you why, to rewire your brain. We need to rewire our brain. Psychology Today had an article called The Grateful Brain. It was a doctor. His name was Alex Korb. It's dated 2012. And in this study, it says that when you keep a, a, a journal of gratitude, when you write things down, when you journal and you, you do it with gratitude and you remember the things, the blessings that have happened in your life, that that, that really increases your optimism, your exercise pattern. Who wants to exercise more? Keep a, keep a journal of gratitude. It'll help you exercise more. There, I, that should be worth millions, right? It, it helps us to be more determined. It gives us better attention, enthusiasm, and energy. Why? It, literally, gratitude produces dopamine, and it gives your, your, your brain that feeling of, ooh, I want to do that again. So when you're grateful, it just wants to happen again and again and again. And it gives us a good sense, a good feeling. Friends, I want you to grow in your gratitude. I want your gratitude to be perpetual. I want it to be comprehensive. And I want it to be reflective. Because if we are people of gratitude, I believe that we will be the people ultimately that God wants us to be. And the greatest thing that I think that any of us could ever be grateful for is the fact that God sent his son Jesus to die for us. We celebrate that every month. We call it communion. If you have those emblems, I'd like you to take them out. We're gonna worship the Lord in just a moment. <clears throat> I'd like to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm going to read on here. It says, In the same way after supper, he took the cup. 
saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have today to remember what Jesus did for us and to declare our gratitude to you. Father, we thank you that the word of God says that you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for us and that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Father, we're so thankful that your word says that you demonstrated your love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and that we were ungodly when he did so. Father, we thank you for that, and we thank you that Jesus was willing to go to the cross. Father, these emblems that we hold in our hands, they're not even a good representation. It's just what we have to do right now because of the times. And so as we pull that wafer out of that plastic wrapper and we hold it in our hands, we think of Jesus' body, which was given for us. We think of the beatings. We think of the fact that he was nailed to the cross. And our response can only be, thank you. Come on, just say it. Thank you. Come on, say it. Thank you. Thank you. Would you partake of the bread together? Father, we're so grateful for the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins. The word of God says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. Without Jesus shedding his blood for us, we could not be forgiven. And so we thank you, Father, that Jesus died on the cross, that that the, the blood that he shed was for our forgiveness. And we say thank you. Come on, say it again. Thank you. We say thank you, Father. We say thank you, Jesus, for being willing to shed your blood for us. Would you partake of the cup together? Let's stand and just worship the Lord together.